Hi, so this um, episode is explanations for forgetting and um, interference theory in particular. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. These are some of the key terms that we'll be doing in the definitions. Interference, forgetting because one memory blocks another, causing one or both memories to be distorted or forgotten. Um, so yeah, so there's two types of interference. There's proactive interference and retroactive interference. So proactive interference occurs when older memories interfere with a newer one. Um, so for example, your teacher has learned so many names in the past that she has difficulty remembering the names of her current class. Um, retroactive interference happens when a newer memory interferes with an older one. For example, your teacher has learnt so many new names this year that she has difficulty remembering the names of the students last year. So we used to remember this as pawn. I hope I can say that on here. Um, so pawn was when proactive interference, so P, proactive interference, Old information interferes with new, so P, P, O, which was proactive, and then old interferes with new. And then the R was retroactive interference, and that's when new information interferes with old. So P, O, R, N, proactive, old information interferes with new, retroactive, new information interferes with the old. That's how I remembered it. I still remember it. I haven't done A-level for two years now. Um, yeah, two years now. And I can still remember that as clear as day. So that tells you a lot about my mind. Anyway, <laughs> um, effects of similarity. In both cases, the interference is worse when memories or learning are similar, as discovered by McGlock and McDonald. So their procedure in 1931 was as followed. They studied retroactive interference by changing the amount of similarity between two sets of materials. Participants had to learn a list of 10 words which they could, which they could remember with 100% accuracy. Um, they then learned a new list. There were six groups of participants who had to learn different types of lists. So group one had to learn synonyms, uh, words, with the same meanings as the originals, so as the original set of words. Group two had to learn antonyms, words with the opposite meanings of the original words. Group three had to learn unrelated words to the original ones. Group four learnt nonsense syllables. Group five learnt three-digit numbers. And group six learnt no new list. Um, these participants just rested and then had to recall that. The findings from this was when the participants then recalled the original lists of words, their performance depended on the nature of the second list. The most similar material, synonyms, produced the worst recall. This shows that interference is strongest when memories are similar. The results... Um, are shown in the graph on the left, which is in my book, um, which is basically just saying that synonyms, um, you recalled less, um, you recalled less items and compared to when 
um, they didn't have to remember a list at all and they recalled more items from the first list. Yes. Um, so here's some evaluation for that. Um, evidence from lab studies, so this is a positive thing. Um, interference in memory is probably one of the most consistently demonstrated findings in the whole of psychology. Literally thousands of lab experiments have been carried out on this explanation for forgetting, like the one that we've just discussed, McGlock and McDonald's 1931 study. Most of these studies show that both types of interference are very likely to be common ways we forget information from long-term memory. Um, this is a strength because lab experiments control the effects of irrelevant influences and thus give us confidence that interference is a valid explanation for at least some forgetting. Um, lots of these tasks, however, use artificial stimuluses, so um, they've got less real-world application, they lack validity. Um, there's a much greater chance of interference um, that that that'll be developed with outside of a lab situation and in a real life situation. Um, the stimulus is used in most of these studies are lists of words. The task facing participants is to learn these lists and learning lists of actual words is definitely more re realistic than learning lists of consonants and syllables. So like a, um, a, I don't know, a shopping list is more easy to remember and you're more likely to remember it than you would just some syllables. So this is a limitation because the use of artificial tasks makes interfering much more likely in a lab. Um, real life studies. Some research studies have considered interference effects in more everyday situations. So Badley and Hitch, 1977, wanted to find out if interference was a better explanation for forgetting than the passage of time. So they asked rugby players to try remember the names of the teams they had played so far in that season, week by week. Because not because most of the players had missed games, for some for some for some the last team they played might have been two weeks ago or three weeks ago or more. The results were very clearly showed that accurate recall did not depend on how long ago the matches took place. Much more important was the number of games played in the meantime. So players recall of a team from three weeks ago was better if they had played no matches since then. This study shows that interference explanations can apply to at least some everyday situations. Um, yeah, so that's all the evaluation and content for interference theory. Um, there are more points that you can read. I am reading from the Green Hair Girled book um, from the AQA Psychology. Um, so if you guys have got a copy of that, um, you can turn to page 54, 55 um, and read along with me. And so, yeah, um, that's that really. If you've got any more questions, DM me on Instagram. I'll put it in the bio and um, stay safe, stay well, stay sane. Look after yourselves, revise, but not too much. Drink water, do all of that 
mindfulness stuff and yeah enjoy the rest of your day and your week see you soon